This episode of the Butane by ABIC podcast is brought to you by the Aesthetic and Beauty Industry Council. Hello and welcome to the Butane by ABIC podcast, your online support community for the aesthetic and beauty industry. Here, we are strengthening and unifying the industry through representation, innovation and education. This is a platform created and dedicated to the aesthetic and beauty industry, valuing unity and advancement. We serve to represent, support and inspire you by connecting you with industry experts, expanding your knowledge through educational pieces and bringing you the latest industry news. This is Beauté by ABIC. I'm your host, Stephanie Miller, and today's guest is Grazina Fetchner from Front and Centre Training Solutions. Grazina, better known as Grizz, is a renowned communication expert, both in Australia and internationally. With over 25 years as a facilitator, Grazina has trained people in the pharmaceutical, media, motorsport racing, audiology, sporting, the medical fraternity and the aesthetics industry. Her key focus areas include client experience, customer service, leadership, sales, behaviour, resilience and positivity. As a keynote speaker, Grizz is rewarded by changing people's lives. Her ability to connect on stage through her energetic, effervescent and vivacious personality will have you leaving full of life and wanting to embrace each day. Here to discuss workplace culture and how to get your staff ready for 2023 from Front and Centre Training Solutions, today we welcome Grazina Fitchner. Welcome to the podcast, Grazina. How are you? Oh my gosh, well, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It is an amazing, wonderful day outside and I get to talk to you and the listeners, so bring it on. Oh, I was really looking forward to having you on the podcast today. I actually know we're going to have so much fun. I always enjoy listening to you speak. You're actually so entertaining and so positive. Grazina, tell me how you get your energy. You know, I think, Steph, what it all boils down to, and I say this to anyone I speak to, is if you love what you do and you're passionate about it, and you bring out like there's fire in your belly and your guts and your gizzards, then no matter what you're doing in that space, it will just exude passion. You know, you'll really feel it. And I think my one tip to everybody is life is so short and work days are so long often that if you're not doing something that you truly love, you're never, ever, ever going to be able, you can't turn it on. And I think it's that genuineness and authenticity that makes me me. And I say to people all the time, I don't want you to run around and be Grizz or Steph or anybody else. I want you to be the you version of you because that's what people identify with. That's what makes you your brand. And that's why people fall in love with you. So if you're genuine, if you're authentic, if you're passionate about what you do, all the stuff that you see me do comes from that space. You know, it's not put on. I can't just live it one minute and turn it off. Um, if anyone sees any of my Instagram, my brand, as you see me on stage or as you see me on the radio or as you see me on TV or as you see me, you know, at home as being a mum, my brand is true to me. And so if you have a brand, if you have the passion, you can do anything you want to do. Wow. Talk about starting the day off with <laughs> the positive vibe. I love that attitude, you know, authenticity. I mean, we talk about yeah. that all the time. And, uh, you know, I think it's this thing about 
we need to be authentic and we need to be real but sometimes we try to put on our authentic self and it's not congruent right with with what we really are inside no you can tell you can really tell um when someone is speaking from the heart and before we got on this podcast today you know I love what you said you said let's just speak from the heart and yeah you know, I think that's all your vibe is about that. And and that's why people love you. You actually also do a lot of work in the beauty and medical aesthetic space, which resonates really well with our audience. They tend to absolutely love you. And you, you, you host and present at conferences. You know, how did you become so popular in this arena? I know. And it's crazy because I'm really not that smart. If I'm, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest, like I'm a real dag. I really am. And I remember... When I first got into the arena, I thought, gosh, I don't understand all this intention to treat protocol and inclusion criteria and all these clinical trials. And I didn't understand any of it. What I understood was this industry is so about empowering to be the best version of you. And when I started my company 17 years ago, my thing was just go and find somebody and give them the tools to be the best version of them. So when we look at aesthetics, I think the tools are no matter whether you find your own little gang in the space, whether you, you know, want some nice clear skin because of acne or rosacea or whether you want, you know, a bit of a lip flip. Well, bring it on. And if it makes you feel the best version of you, then do it. And there are so many brilliant people in this industry who spend so many countless hours and times and days and try to sort people to be the best version of them. Why would no one be part of the game? You know, so I was really fortunate that when I started the company, um, I got a great opportunity to do some learning and development with um, Allegan initially, so many, many years ago. Uh, and I started to work in this space and thought, gosh, I love it even more. And what I love is coming back from the conferences. And I feel like I've got my little, you know um people call them my disciples and they're not my disciples but they're you know they're women and blokes because there's so many cool blokes in the industry as well and we just all have the same purpose and we laugh at ourselves and we try things and we just give everything a crack and you see so many entrepreneurs in this space and that's what I love is that people are like you know what I can do this and I've got an environment where people support people so that's why I love it so much and you know I've been doing it for 17 years and no matter what stage I get onto it's still really scary because you know you're up there and you're fully exposed but I look down at the crowd and I think gosh I've got so many people that are like my raving fans so I better do them proud. So I've got butterflies every time I do it, but I just make sure the butterflies fly in the right formation, even though I'm as scared as guts. Oh, <laughs> really? Are you yeah. are you still scared to this day? Oh, do you absolutely. still get nervous? Oh, absolutely. And I say to people all the time, having nerves <laughs> is fantastic because it means that you care. The minute you don't have nerves about doing something, well, it's like it, you become complacent and you're not really caring. So when I talk about my nerves, I think, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that people have chosen me. It's an absolute privilege, but that gets me all nervous because I think I don't want to let anyone down. And I think I'm so glad I've got the nerves because then I'll do the best I can possibly do and I won't let people down. So I still practice and I still rehearse and I still bring new content to every single thing I do because, you know, the audience, we all follow each other around. So I can't just be doing the same stuff all the time, which means that everything I do is new. So it hasn't been done for 10 years. So it's getting up there and doing something new and it's that vulnerability space. And Brene Brown talks a lot about courage and yes. vulnerability and, and, you know, that bravery. And I stand up there in front of everybody and I think, God, I'm so vulnerable because I actually don't know what the outcome's going to be. And that's what vulnerability is, is when you do something and you don't know what the outcome's going to be. So when I stand up on stage at congresses or I come to a clinic and talk to people, I'm standing there. I don't know what's going to happen, but God, I'm going to give it my best and I'm going to be brave and courageous and I'm going to have the guts to do it. 
Oh, you are so inspiring. <laughs> I'm a dad. I'm feeling I'm fully motivated right now. Good. Go and inspire the world. <laughs> oh my goodness. Tell us a little bit about your company. Just give us, you know, the, the quick rundown. Oh God, that's a really crazy question. It's front and center training solutions. And we literally train people to be the best versions of them, be it in the presentation space, you know, be it in negotiation skills. We have police negotiators come in and do proper negotiation scenarios, how to talk to anyone in the whole wide world, you know, how to talk to different types of people, everything from medical, we train metastatic breast cancer from colorectal cancer. We're currently training the grand whistle. So we do a lot of product training as well, but mm. everything goes back to... To be the best version of you means that you've got to constantly upskill yourself. So in whatever that looks like, we are there to help you, you know, and, and I talk a lot about be your own wingman. So, you know, training is a one-off event, but it's that coaching side of you that every day, how do I be better? How do I do this differently? When you hang up from a client interaction and you've had a really awful interaction on the telephone, think to yourself, what went wrong and what would I do differently? What question would I ask? What question did I ask that I shouldn't have asked? What question got their back up? So it's really just coaching yourself on the whole fundamentals of front and center is how to be the best version of you and it's be your own wingman. Just support yourself and back yourself and give it your all. Would you say that most of your company, I suppose, encompasses learning how to communicate? Is that a strong theme? It is and absolutely. It's the theme of everything. Like it's the theme of life. The minute you wake up in the morning, you're communicating. You're communicating with your body language the minute you get out of bed. Are you walking to the kitchen all slumped and slouched and cranky that the day's about to start? Or are you jumping out of bed and running down the hallway, grabbing your weedies, ready to go? You know, that's communication. The, the minute you go to bed at night and you, the last thing you say at night to whoever or whether you're telling your uh, children a story time or the way, I mean, your tone, inflection, diction, articulation, your power of pause, the way you hold yourself, it's all communication. So every single thing you do is communication. I love what you said, the power of cause. I think a lot of this discussion right now, and I wish, I hope that we get to talk a little bit more about communication throughout because yes. we're actually talking about workplace culture. And that is, I think, one of the fundamentals of workplace culture. And, um, it, you know, how do we communicate with each other? How do we pr be present within each other? And what's the principles there that we interact? Um, but as I said, it's, it's the topic of our podcast today. Um, and I feel that it's just more than a vibe in your business it's something deeper workplace culture can you tell us Grazina what is workplace culture define it for us and what yeah. aspects does it encompass oh do you know work, everyone says define workplace culture and it means so many things but my number one word and I say it to everyone it's the heartbeat of your company like it's wow. like you if you don't have a heartbeat you don't move you don't grow you don't live well if your workplace doesn't have a heartbeat it's the same it's dead so, um, and no one else, I don't think anywhere in Google mentions that, but it's my little terminology <laughs> for it all. And, and uh, yeah, I've got my own little Grizz Google and I make up Grizz words and I've got a Grizz dictionary because I speak a lot of stuff that doesn't really exist. Um, but in essence, it's the heartbeat of a company. It's what makes your business unique. It what It's all about the business values and beliefs and attitudes and behaviours. And it even comes down to dress code. You know, when we have, we walk into a company and we're doing, um, it might be fun Friday when you used to go to work casual Friday. But as a team, we would always say we are presenters in that environment. We're still going to wear our business attire, even if it's casual Friday, because we present better in our business attire. Now, that's part of our culture. It's part of whenever you see a person front and centre, you know that they're going to be dressed how the front and centre team culture is. You yes. know that their values and their beliefs and, and, and they align to some companies and align to some employees and not others. And, 
and for some people workplace culture is the definitive point as to why they want to choose to work with you or not that's that's huge that is a big is. statement that is uh, you know workplace culture is why someone yeah. want to choose to work with you i mean yeah. that's just the, that's your whole business set up right there but if you don't have people working for you if you don't <laughs> have people that want to stay no. No. what is your what is your business after all um and i suppose that leads into the question because it's it's such an all-encompassing topic right it why is. is it so important you just told us one aspect of why it's so important tell us why else yeah it's well it's the way you roll every single day when you open your doors for business it's about the workplace culture it retains talent now we know especially in this industry how hard it is to come across great people yes. so why would you then want to have the great people train them up and then have them leave why wouldn't you want the people to come and feel like it's a privilege that they get to work with you now, the only way that's going to happen is if you make them feel a part of the business, if you make them feel important. You know, everyone wants to be made to feel important. So it's all about your business will be successful if you have a good workplace culture. If you focus on the people, the numbers will come. Now, the whole people part of the workplace is the culture. They should be the ones that define your culture. They should be the ones that are included in decision-making. Everything from what are we having to lunch right through to how do we do this business better? Like how often do we ask our team what they think? We sit in our director's little offices and assume we know what's going on. But if we start asking people, that's that open communication and that's the culture that people want to be a part of. And they're like, far out, we're doing this together. We are in this together. So it retains talent. It makes an environment safe for people. And most of all, it's going to reduce your stress. It's going to reduce their stress. People are going to laugh. They're going to engage. They're going to want to want to come to work. And when they want to come to work, they're going to work hard for you. And that's what will bring the numbers. I love what you just said. How often do people ask their staff or their team what is best for their business? I have to say, that's all I do. My staff yes, are my boss. I, I always say, you're my boss. You tell me what to do and I help you do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and they laugh. Love they love and it. And they do. They do love it. And that's why people won't want to leave you, Steph. Like that's the part that matters is, you know, we're no longer in this hierarchical world where there's the boss and the leader and the manager. And the one in all in pitch in is the culture that you create because you your actions speak louder than words and you do it. You're one in, you're all in, you pitch in. You know, if the boss isn't doing anything and directing teams, well, that becomes your workplace culture. And I say to all of my leaders when I do a lot of leadership training, I say to them, you might want to send an email at 10 o'clock but do not send it, leave it in your outbox because the minute you send that email at 10 o'clock, the expectation is set that someone will read that email and then your team will be running around responding to it at 10 o'clock. Then they'll be looking at their phones at 10 o'clock in case you've sent an email and you're creating this culture of whenever off. If you want to write your email at 10 o'clock, boss, do it, but put it in your outbox and send it at a normal time in the morning so that people don't fear that they've always got to be responding at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. doesn't matter what hours the boss chooses to work, but it's all that leadership behaviour that if you're one in all in, don't be sending emails in the middle of the night. Don't be sending them at 10 o'clock. And then people feel awful if they didn't see it till the next day and everyone else has gone, oh, did you see that email last night? Did you respond? Well, that's that whole, we want to get away from that workplace culture and just have a one in all in uh, and also have a bit of fun. Absolutely fun. Oh, my goodness. You fun, know, fun, fun. I think that's an all important missing element in some, in some places, you know, uh, because we always talk about workplace culture, but I think we should put the word positive in front yeah. of that. Yeah. Positive workplace culture, right? So exactly right. You said fun. You said fun. That's mm. one characteristic. Tell us what other characteristics of a, a positive workplace culture. Yeah, number one, as we said at first up, is open, honest communication. 
get that thing right and everything else will fall into place and have the communication that if there's a problem they're not racing to the top of the tree or the head of HR or doing something they're going to speak to the person that they're having the problem with and they're working out how to do it so it's even giving them really simple ways on instead of you know not conflict management but conflict resolution so if you've got a problem with someone in your clinic or in your business or wherever they are that you know how to talk about that problem in a really fair calm way and so it's all that open honest communication but giving people tools something as simple as situation behavior impact so I might say oh Steph the situation was we were in the meeting the other day um, the your behavior was you just kept looking at your phone and the impact that had at me was I felt wasn't valued so instead of just going oh Steph you're on your phone in the meeting the other day that doesn't help you but saying you know Steph when we we're in that meeting the other day your behavior was you're on the phone all the time and I felt like you didn't think that I had value to add in the team now, that's a much nicer way of saying it than going, Steph, I hate you because you're on your phone. So if we can give people <laughs> some really simple tips and tricks and techniques on how to deal conflict, that communication is going to be important. Make people feel valued. Every single day, say thank you to someone. How often do you write an email? And I do it to my team all the time, genuinely. All of the stuff that we talk about now, again, as we said, has to be genuine. But if someone does something, I'll write them an email and just go, thank you for doing that. Or clicking them a text or ringing them. or you know, sending them a bottle of champagne, it doesn't have to be monetary. Just the simple art of picking up that phone and saying thank you makes a massive difference. So positive workplace culture is thank you, open, honest communication, all-inclusive environment, value people, have fun, support each other, provide opportunities. Now, opportunities in a smaller clinic, I get that we don't have lots of people to be able to move and manage teams and be leaders, but an opportunity might be mentoring or an opportunity might be, um, you know, you training the team instead of getting an external person, you come in and talk about the team about, you know, skin or you actually give people opportunities to grow in that space, no matter how big or little it is. So give them training and development where appropriate and allow people to speak up. If there is a problem, check in with them. We talk about, you know, and coming into the new year, and we'll talk about that a bit later on, I'm sure, but coming into the new year, I sit down with my team and I set my expectations for the team and the business, but then I make my team set their expectations for me. You know, Grizz, these are my expectations of you as my leader this year. This is what I need from you. Great. Okay. Right. Because often setting expectations, we as leaders and owners just set them to the team, right? We need to do this, we need blah, 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 or stop. They're my expectations of you. What are yours of me? Because I need a list too. I need to know how you want me to lead you, manage you, look after you, support you, relate to you, talk to you. Now, some people need to chat every day. Others don't want to, they want to be left alone and chat once a week. So find out the expectations of your team members and then follow through. My goodness. I <laughs> needed to keep writing notes and keep up with that. That was like one gem after another. And oh, you know, what really, honestly, what really resonated is the way you detached a person from their behaviour. Mm. So you said your behaviour was this. And it caused me to feel this way, not yeah. you didn't you. link you didn't link their behavior, which was looking at the phone with who they are. No. So you didn't say no. you look at the phone, you always look at the phone or that makes that gives them the identity that that's the type of person that they are, that they're distracted, that they, you know, um, yeah. that they don't pay attention or don't care. You've removed that stigma from from their personality and you've actually just placed it on a behaviour. And behaviours, as we all know, we can change that very easily. It's just something you do. It's not who you yeah. are. That's exactly wow. right. That's right. And that's why that SBI model, situation, behaviour, impact. Now, you can also use it, Steph, for the positive. So I might say, 
oh, um, the, the situation was, Steph, we had the meeting the other day. Your behaviour was you sent out emails five days beforehand. We had the agenda. And the impact that had was the meeting was the best meeting we've ever had because you took the time to sort everything before it. The Aesthetic and Beauty Industry Council is Australia's peak industry body, representing the collective professional beauty and aesthetic, salon, clinic and spa community. Created for the industry, by the industry, our council is a collaboration of industry leaders who bring their commitment and specialised skills to raise industry standards, guide regulation and be a strong voice to government. At ABIC, our purpose is to provide an accessible and supportive organisation for the betterment of the professional beauty and aesthetic field, to enhance working practices and promote unity across the various sectors of the industry. ABIC's mission also includes being a trusted source of referral, education and guidance for clients of the beauty and aesthetic profession. ABIC is here to support our members through an extensive offering, including hundreds of valuable resources, HR support and industry expert facilitators to ensure your continued growth and success. Join us today and together let's safeguard the future of the beauty and aesthetic industry. Find us at www.theabic.org.au. At ABIC, we are here for you. So again, you've flipped it so it's positive as well. So you can do it. Positive, positive as well. Absolutely. Wow. So that you don't just go, Steph, you did a great job. Well, what did Steph do a great job in? How do I know to do that again and replicate that behavior? If you're actually really specific with the situation, the behavior of that particular individual in the situation and the impact that had, then people go, oh my God, I know when Grizz said, oh my God, Steph's great. She was great during that meeting because she did this, this and this. So then you replicate that behavior and yay, it happens again. And yay. So it's a really simple way. And you don't say to the person, oh, the situation is, the behaviour is, and the impact is, but just in your head. So the situation was the meeting, your behaviour was you did such an unreal job and you brought us great jam and cheese croissants. I don't know, ham and cheese or jam. <laughs> ham and cheese or jam and butter, but don't mix them all up. What about, um, I thought you were going to say ham and jam. <laughs> together yeah, anyone. thanks for bringing ham and jam to the meeting we love your guts and Steph <laughs> made our bellies full so you know just that simple way of communicating and articulating how you're feeling does it in a really calm manner and it makes people accountable for their behavior that they can change it's not about the person as you say Rosina can I be one of your disciples <laughs> oh god you are the president of my fan club all of you, everyone, fly the flag and I'll be yours back. I'll be yours back. So, yeah, there's oh. some of the positive characteristics of workplace culture. Oh, goodness so me. Another thing that I love that you said is get your team to set your expectation of you as a leader. Yes. Ask them what yes. they need. Oh, my goodness, it is such a simple question and it is, it is. so impactful. It will yeah. literally create, I, I believe, a, a shift in, in the dynamic in terms of they then get to have control of how they are managed or treated. Yes. Or And can you imagine the satisfaction from, from an employee if, you know, they said, this is what, this is how I like to be managed, this is what I, yeah. this is what I need, and you give it to them. Yeah. And I mean, how simple is it? Really, like, just ask people. And that's what I, people with questions, you know, don't understand someone that you think you know someone's world and what excites them, delights them, captivates them, and motivates them. Until you understand their world, you don't know any of that. So, until I understand how my team like me to respond to them individually, 
I can't possibly be the best leader because I'm you know, not personalizing it. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, probably because I've been the leader in most situations, but I've never been asked that question and I've never heard anybody ask that question. No, um, no one does. The expectation of me as a leader? It's, it's one of those gold questions, I think. We need to keep in our repertoire when we're speaking with our staff, but also, you know, our colleagues, you know, how do you... If you're working with somebody, alongside somebody, I believe if you ask them, how do you work well? How do you want me to give you feedback? They will tell you and it will be so much more of a great working dynamic. It's so true. And even when they walk in in the morning into clinic, some people love a chat. The minute you walk in, it's like, oh my God, what did you do last night? Did you watch, you know, whatever, love triangle, la, 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 whatever's going on in your world. Now, some people just need to walk into the clinic and get a coffee and sit and look at their emails before they even talk to you. Now, if every day you are prattling on at them when they come in, they are not going to want to come to work because every morning they know that they're bombarded with people. So if you know that someone likes to work with the first 15 minutes of just quiet time to get them in the groove, give them that space. And they'll enjoy coming into work, going, I'm coming to work, I've got my coffee, my routine, and then I'm happy to talk to Grizz. You know, we just need to be mindful that people work differently, people are different, and the more we can accommodate everyone's different styles, the much more harmonious your workplace culture is going to be. And that it also avoids conflict or awkward feelings mm-hmm. because you might be thinking this person just isn't very friendly. Yes. When in actual fact, they need that space in the morning to just yes. you know collect their thoughts. And it, they are friendly. They're fine. They're not temperamental. You know, They're just needing that, that extra little bit of time to be able to centre themselves. And I think that once you communicate a lot of these ambiguities, they just they go away and they, they create that beautiful, positive culture. You know... 2022 where the the year is starting to come to an end I can't believe how quickly it's gone oh my goodness Um, yeah so many companies obviously now especially that we've got we've come out of COVID they're starting to organize their end of year parties and they really there's a culture going back to celebrating that end of the year and that year that was why do you think it's so important to bring a close to the year and and celebrate what was past and especially this past year yeah it's so important that celebration because it has been such a crazy year we came off the back of COVID then we had that January February where COVID had hit again for that Christmas peak and everyone was so uncertain and then it came back to busy and crazy and supply and demand and everyone has just been running like a bull at a gate So I think as we come to a close, we've got to remind our teams as part of culture of the amazing efforts they have done. And without the teams, we as clinics do not exist. We don't exist without our team. So I think that we're so busy focused on going quick. We've got to get now Christmas is coming and now this is happening. But as a leader, write down all of the amazing milestones that happened this year. Did you increase, you know, 500% in skincare? Did you renovate a clinic? Did you have new patients like never before? Did you smash the clinic down the road? Did like... Actually, as leaders, go back through the year and every month find a milestone that happened and celebrate it because people won't remember. And, you know, it brings up that what we call the happiness advantage in our brains. And our brains are wired to just focus on negativity, negativity, negativity and hard stuff. And they won't remember what happened in March. But if something was great in your clinic that happened in March, you need to verbalise that at the end of the year for people to go far out. High five us. High five me. Like do the selfie high five on yourself and go with everything going on. I'll just help selfie high five myself because we did that and I'd forgotten. And I think it's really important that we remind them because it will bring that what we call dopamine back into our brains and think, gosh, we worked so hard this year and we didn't have time to stop and smell the roses. But now in March, this happened. And in April, this happened. And in May, oh my God, we did that. Look at what we've done. And as a collective little group of people in our clinic, we can sit back and go far out. We are a good bunch of people and we can achieve anything. 
anything. You know, it really just sets a tone because we've been so busy and we've forgotten to remind ourselves why people fell in love with us. We've forgotten to remind ourselves of all the good stuff that we've gone through because we're just running to the next thing and to the next thing and the next thing. So 2022, coming to the end of it, sit and as leaders, go back through all the books and everything and find good things that happen and share them and verbalize them how impactful would that be oh, I, unreal even when you're saying you were saying that to me i was like you said people forget i've forgotten yeah, yeah we I all forget like, we i'm all like what happened in march yeah. <laughs> what happened did we attend a conference or did we do an amazing you know spot in a trade display did we do the more facials than we've ever done did we do the more laser than we've ever have we got a new laser well we have got one and we were happy when it came and we talked about it for three weeks on instagram and then we forgot about it because we just got busy again well look mm-hmm. at when we got the laser we didn't even have a patient and then we've got 500 patients six months later high five us you know it's that sort of stuff that the little things but you know i always say sweat the small stuff because without the small stuff, nothing big happens. And every day you should be able to take away three great things that happened in your day. And if you can do that, that's similar to saying, how do we celebrate 2022 on all the cool stuff we've achieved? You know, I've spoken with a lot of people, coaches in this area, and you are so unique. Everything <laughs> that you've said today, on genuinely, I've heard some things that I've never heard before, which is saying a lot because I've heard a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, Steph, see, that's cool. Thank you. That's And that's why I do what I do. You know, it's not people say to me, oh, fame and fortune. I got, I've got none of it. What it is, is Steph saying I've added value or I've given her a tip that she hadn't thought about. And that will change your world, which goes back to my ethos and my philosophy is just, you know, give people all that they want. Just be kind and give people everything because with that, they'll take it and make it their own and live the best life ever. Grazina, I'm trying to extract now all the best of your <laughs> knowledge, right? So I yes. want to know, I want to yes. know what's your secret. How do we set up ourselves for success next year in 2023? How do we absolutely smash 2023? Yeah, we go in and we think differently. Now, thinking differently, already going to go, oh my God, I can't even think at all. But if you keep doing, yeah, what I can't do any more thinking, if you just keep doing the same as what you did in 2022 and 2021, you'll have good results because you're getting good results now. But all you need to think about is tweaking differently. And I say to people that you are your competitive advantage. So everyone else has treatments, everyone else has toxins, everyone else has injectables, everyone else has laser, everyone everyone has everything that your clinic has, but no one has you. So Mm. you are your competitive advantage. So thinking back to purely how do you set yourself up individually for 2023 what is your mindset what do you want to achieve what are your goals what are your visions what are your ambitions and then go out there and bloody give it a crack what's the worst thing that can happen is oh that didn't work well I pick myself up I self-coach and be my own wingman on it and I go and try something different but if you keep on being you and doing it you'll get the results but have you ever really sit down and gone what can I do differently And it might be the slightest thing ever. It might be opening half an hour later because of the workforce that come to you. They need appointments at seven o'clock. So one day a week you offer that. That might be the only change that you make, but setting yourself up for 2023, think if you had that extra half an hour of work population coming through, what a difference that makes. And then they tell their friends and then they tell their friends. So it can be the smallest things that you change that has the most massivest impact and something you think won't make a difference or just give it a go. You know, what can you do differently? And I could spend another five hours going through all the little things that you could do differently that will make a massive difference. But it all starts from you having the guts to give it a go. Because sometimes small shifts mm-hmm. end up over time yeah. creating massive impacts, right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. It might be that you start a newsletter with the clinic to all of the people every week. You give them a laugh. It might be, you know, how do you make someone smile in a day? And you might send out stuff every week on smiling. It might be something about educational content. And a lot of people do this and then they get bored with it or they go, I can't be bothered because it takes time. Yes. But sometimes you then go, well, maybe I could employ a copywriter for an hour a week to do that stuff. And it keeps my pay. I mean, EDMs, they look at EDMs in business and EDMs are what keeps people coming back all the time, which are those, you know, little monthly newsletters that you send. Um, it might be when someone comes in, you give them a lollipop. I mean, there's so many different <laughs> things, but it's thinking back, right, we've survived 2022. If we just go back to 2023 and do the same, then we're the same. Or do we sit down and we actually have a team day with all of the clinic and go, what are we going to do differently? Brainstorm the most ridiculous ideas. And you'll come up with some amazing ones that don't take too much effort and yet will change your lives forever. Mm. And then it's also unlocking that creative part of your brain because we can be set in the monotony of procedural things in our industry. We're very procedural, right? We are. Yeah, there's only certain times in the day where you get to pull that creativity out. And one of those times is creating a treatment plan or a treatment journey for somebody, getting excited about what you can do creatively with their skin. But in terms of the procedures and protocols during that, you don't have much creative space. So if you sit down and you're saying, think about what you can do differently, it unlocks this other part of your brain. And I suppose you would get more satisfaction in your job role because you're using a different facet that doesn't get to be worked out that muscle as much. So much so, but even the creative license of the way you deliver a treatment plan, like how do you Mm. use your voice when you say it? Do you get people so excited by it and everything? Voice is everything. We talk a lot about, you know, what visuals you use, but your voice and your tonality. And if you just say to someone, okay, so the next 12 months you're going to come in and we'll do skincare and then we'll do injectables every three months <laughs> and you'll come back. Well, that's all, but that's not creative. You can still have no. the same treatment plan and say your first skincare, it's, your skin's just going to glisten and then you're going to come back and have your injectables. And once you've done that, that's just going to plump that bit that you want plumping and flip that lip that needs a bit of flipping. And then you're going to come back and we're going to keep on that skin journey. Come 12 months, I can't wait to see how this plant, just saying stuff like that, saying it differently brings creative license to any treatment plan. You know, showing visuals, using animations with your body language, having the way you sit, even the way you sit, if you sit upright in a chair, your vocal tonality changes dramatically. Uh, dramatically. There's my little oh, There you go. That's another it green word. It changes dramatically, which is like <laughs> dramatic and exceptionally into dramatically. It changes dramatically. Then sitting down slouching. If you're sitting down slouching, your tone, and, and I've just changed now my tone, and I sit down and it's much harder to get my tonality through my vocal cords because I'm slouching. The minute I sit up, it changes instantly. So the way you sit is creative license to explain things differently. You know, we talk about body language all the time. How do you look? Do you ever look at yourself in the mirror and see how you are doing the consult and what the patient sees? Do they see a resting bitch face as you're saying something? Or do they see <laughs> someone that's so excited? It's true. You know those people that have those resting bitch faces? Oh, well, yes. I know them very well. <laughs> yeah. And the minute you smile, smiles gravitate to other people. And I talk a lot about this um, on telly and everything when I talk about smiling. But if you're smiling when you're delivering treatment po- programs, well a patient's much happier to listen to you smiling than not because the minute you smile your voice smiles and even through a mask 
your voice can smile and even through a mask your eyes can shine and smiling's eye contact and smiling is open body language and all of that stuff so you know we say that even just think about the way you are delivering information in 2023 is it just robotic stock standard i'm going through my script again or is it personalized is it directed at that particular person in front of you and is it delivering it in a way that they receive it with this amazing captivation of wanting to want to do it my goodness i am so inspired the whole way through this conversation i have just been buzzing thinking so many things i hope our listeners and i know our listeners are going to be feeling the exact same way and i bet you our listeners also picked up on something that you said Mm -hmm. which was incredible and i think i'm going to write this up on my wall Uh, be your own wingman hold on this concept right here right Mm -hmm. i most of the time we're our own worst critic. We are. We're never, we're never our own wingman. How do we do this? This is revolutionary. It is. And it's like high-fiving ourselves. High-fiving. <laughs> high it's true. And be your own wingman. And, you know, we don't like, it's crazy. And people say to me all the time is, what does that mean? And I say to people, it's just you being sure of yourself. So, you know, for example, if I'm about to go onto stage and do something, I'll look in the mirror. This is so, I cannot believe I'm sharing this tip with you. because I'll look in the mirror and I go, Grizz, you are mighty fine, damn hot today, aren't you? Look at you. You are like on fire. People are going to love you. It's so dumb. And it makes no, and it's not through arrogance. I'm the most unarrogant person in the world. But it's what gets me going. I'm like my little wingman. You know, like your wingman next to me going, Grizz, my friend. Oh, you look fantastic. Go out there. Get well. My friend's not in front of me. I'm about to walk on stage with 500 people who are all doctors and very fancy and smart. And then Bogan Grizz walks out. But I say to myself in the mirror, you've got it. Or even if I'm driving in the car, I'm like, they are so going to love you. The content you've got's unreal. They're going to laugh. They're going to learn. They're going to play categories with scratches, with categories, with Grizz. So I go through all of my stuff, but I talk myself up and it's like my little wingman is on my shoulder. And then at the end of it, I will then say to my wingman, all right, Grizz, what would you do differently next time? What worked really well that you do again? I've got like some great sheets of paper and I'm happy to send through the questions I always ask myself. So I'll hang up from this podcast today and I'll go, what would I do differently next time? What worked really well? What else would I have said that I didn't say? What shouldn't I have said that I did? You know, so I'll go through it all so that then the next time I do something, I've already told myself what I need to do differently next time to be even better or what I need to do the same because it worked really well. So be your own wingman is just self-talking to yourself in your own daggy way and going, we've got this, Grizz. We've got this. We're wow. all over it. Yeah. You know, I love all, it. Of, all of this, everything that you're saying right now, that all sort of falls under the umbrella of workplace culture because if you are motivating yourself, if you're your own wingman, if you're doing yeah. these things for yourself, you're doing them for your team, that is... You said it's the heartbeat. That's literally what it is. It's the essence. It's the core, right? Yeah. And it's teaching your team to be accountable for their own behavior. So it's teaching them to have their, be their own wingman. And, and we do a lot of training uh, on it. And I, especially if we do a lot of training in sales calls and I'll walk out and I'll say, you know, what would you do differently in that sales call? Well, I as a coach can't be there every single day. So the only person that's there all the time is them. And what's interesting is your brain. Um, I say to people, and this is probably the most pivotal thing with the heartbeat is talk to yourself like you talk to someone you love. How often, yeah, how often do we talk to ourselves like we talk to people that we love and we don't. We, we're always, as you said before, a few moments ago, Steph, you said, you know, we're down ourselves and we criticize ourselves and we do, but think about the person that you love the most. How do you speak to them? And why don't you speak to yourself like that? Because your brain hears you 24 seven. It hears you more than anybody else in the whole wide world. And yet all we do is talk to ourselves, not like we talk to someone we love. So my biggest thing is, you know, just 
talk to yourself like you would someone you love and your brain will start going hmm, this girl loves me I'm going to do right by her I'm going to help That's- her I'm going to look after her I'm going to teach her I'm going to love her all that stuff it just this topic is so encompassing of so many things and, and it's not just you know when we're talking about this we, we think oh right workplace culture it, it, it influences finances or it influences staff <laughs> retention but really it influences every single part of your business and your life and your life balance everything you know now considering the gravity and the I suppose the enormity of it of it all what responsibility do you actually think we have as leaders to get this right we have to take ownership of workplace. We've got to take ownership of the heartbeat. You are the biggest heart. You're like the, you know, the heart starting machines in the hospital when people come. <laughs> yes. You are that blood. You're like going to electrocute them and get them cracked. Like without you starting someone's heart, without you having fire in your belly. And the responsibility as leaders is you must lead properly. So if you want to be on your phone, and I don't know why I keep using phone as a meeting thing, but if you want to be on your phone in a meeting, then expect that your team should be allowed to be on their phones during the meetings when you're speaking because you're demonstrating that that behaviour is okay. Anything you as a leader do and anything you as a leader demonstrate is okay for the rest of the team. So if you swear and if you're rude and you're obnoxious and you're everything, then your team have every right to be doing the same. So the responsibility we have as leaders is to be the heart starter of the heartbeat and follow through on everything every day. And that's why leading is so hard. And leading humans is really hard because they're all the people's heartbeats and they're all got their own world dramas going on. And if you come to work and you just have unrealistic expectations, if you come to work and you don't personalise every interaction with people, um, you won't ever be a great leader. So people want to work for someone that is a great leader and being the heart starter of all the team, having open communication is our responsibility as leaders. When things go wrong, it's our responsibility to communicate openly and honestly. If things are going bad, the quicker you communicate that and they hear from somebody else or they find out from someone else, that just shows that you don't have the guts to do it yourself. So if you have this open door policy and open communication, responsible leadership will then be simple because everyone will be knowing what everyone's doing. Um, Don't allow, you know, bad talk in the office. Don't allow, but allow fun. So our responsibility as a leader, in essence, with one sentence is lead people how you want to be a led person. So treat others how you want to treat them. And what's interesting about that is police negotiation always talks about treat others how they want to be treated, but people sometimes want to be treated differently. It's that personalizing of the way I treat Steph might be different leadership style to the way I need to treat Nicole, which is different the way I need to treat Sally, which is different the way I need to treat Tim. But if you can work that out from a leadership capability, everyone will feel like they're being led by the very best person because you're changing your style of leadership to suit them. Rosina, what an insightful and eye-opening <laughs> conversation. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. You are a delight. God, that- I love you. Yes. Oh. Keep saying that. We've got another seven hours. Just keep rolling back that comment thank you oh my my gosh and such a wonderful learning experience today and fun more than anything like learning whilst you're having fun that's the best thing you know you're firing off your synapses the the information is literally getting into your brain in a much more impactful way when you deliver it with with style and fun and and funniness Uh, so I thank you so much for doing that for us today and thank you for being with us and inspiring us oh Steph you know it's an absolute privilege as I say I'm so lucky that you chose me and you chose me you've got a million people that can come on your podcast so the fact that you reached out and chose me for me uh, it's humbling and it means that I can 
share all I can so that people can be the very best version of you. And having you as a host, high five us. We should just start our own podcast on anything. You know, we can talk about <laughs> pet rocks or what people want for Christmas. You know, we can start anything. Oh, but we can it is talk about, about rocks. Humor. Just the good, just the good type of rocks. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about diamonds or a diamonds. Best friend, all that other stuff. But it's true. Like if you can influence in through fun, you know, children laugh about 437 times a day and adults are more than about 15. And we've forgotten how to laugh because life has become so nuts though. So, you know, I would say that as a final sign off, don't underestimate the importance. Don't be afraid to be funny dot 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 and don't be afraid not to um, and tell jokes along the way what has no legs but can run a tap over and out well we are <laughs> signing off with grazina and her number one disciple now <laughs> thank you everyone for listening today thanks for coming see ya you've reached the end of another episode of the beauty by abic podcast your online support community for the aesthetic and beauty industry Thank you for listening and until next time, stay connected.